The St Albans Film Guide with Simon Carver, hosted by Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide and um, I'm going purely by faith that Simon Carver is at the other end of the line here. Hello Simon. Hello. Oh, I see what you did there. Give a pause for a Yeah, that was, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're having some technical issues uh, on, on not that the listener really cares but but all I can see where I should see Simon's face is some very um, weird symbol it's like you, you belong to some sort of um, you know like secret yeah. society yeah so it, it does look like um, yeah some sort of uh, uh, far eastern sort of sect of some sort yeah, isn't it? yeah. yeah and you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're maybe you're some grand master of that and, and we didn't know this till now but yes, yeah, so we can't see Simon, but we can hear him, um, uh, which, you know, given that this is an audio experience anyway, I guess I'm just experiencing a bit more what the listener has to um, contend with every week. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Anyway, right. So what we're going to do is we will look at Simon's choice of films on free to air TV for the forthcoming week. And we'll look at my choices as well. Uh, and I've, I'll put you on warning now. I've got nothing but killer on my list this week. All killer, no filler. Um, I am incredibly impressed with the, the films, and and you didn't pinch the better ones this time either. So so I, I wasn't even having to scramble around. I was, um, but anyway, I, I won't say more about that for now. But we've got that coming yeah. up. But we'll start things off with looking at uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime and their new releases this week. So where are you going to start us? I'll start off with Netflix, I think, because that's um, chronologically comes first. Uh, the twenty second, uh, Thursday, the twenty second on Netflix Stowaway uh, sounds like a good cast Anna Kendrick Tony Collette uh, the crew of a spaceship one in a Mars cycler orbit headed to Mars discovers an accidental scurway scurway stowaway shortly after takeoff too far from Earth to turn back and with resources quickly dwindling the ship's medical researcher emerges as the only dissenting voice against the group consensus that has already decided in favour of a grim outcome mm-hmm. it's quite intriguing yeah. you know because it doesn't really say too much to, to make you th- you know think well is this good thing or bad thing or, or what but yeah, yeah. I mean it, it it sounds it does sound a bit familiar but but then I don't know that's probably being a, a tad unfair you know so some sort of space thriller and they're on a spaceship and there's something else on there and it's all a bit weird and it's very atmospheric and you know the, the, this is a familiar path that has been trodden however there's probably plenty of scope to come up with something original in all that and it's got a pretty good cast yeah I mean it's it sounds you know it sounds good doesn't it yeah yeah no it is uh, I don't John Penner uh, I'm trying to sort of uh think is if i sort of recognize that name yes that's the director isn't it yeah um I, i'm trying I'm, to see i'm, I'm think i'm conf- think i'm confusing him with the guy that was a wrestler oh that's john senna that would be why yes who's clearly has a name and there's a there's a michael Pena as well isn't yeah there? yeah one one end too many um yeah but but yeah it's um uh, I'm just looking him up because I've I've not come across the name before, so so I'm uh, not not that that means anything really because um, often film directors don't check in with me first these days. Um, no, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm just trying to see if, if if he's done any other work that I recognise. Um, it says on here he's called Joe Penner. 
Okay. Um, so, so yeah, you, you're, I'm sure I cut and pasted it. Oh, I copied and pasted. Uh, yeah, and 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 undoubtedly that might be. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that that the Internet Movie Database would be. I mean, certainly they've listed other films by Joe Penner as well as this one as director. He directed a film called um, Arctic in 2018. Um, but no, looking at the the credits, I don't recognise any um, anything that he's done before. But but he has done some films before. Um, there is a picture of him with is that with Mads Mikkelsen? Yes, for some reason he's got. There's a picture, so they must have done something together. Oh, uh, Mads Mikkelsen was in the film Arctic. That might be why. Okay. And that makes more sense. But anyway, um, Stowaway uh, mm. came out on the 22nd of April. So if you're listening to this on the day that we released this podcast, it came out yesterday. So so very fresh out of the, the out of the, the traps, uh, the, this particular film. And it's a, a Netflix original film, which, which does not necessarily mean it's a bad thing because recently some of the big Oscar-winning movies have been Netflix original movies. Yeah, I, I, I think there was a time where it looked like perhaps it... Um, you know, a Netflix original or an Amazon original was the equivalent of director DVD. Whereas I think these days that's certainly not the case. No, um, no, because the um, it's been the only way that cinemas been able to, or movie companies been able to release films, isn't it? I mean, it may go go back to being the equivalent of straight to DVD in the future, I guess. Possibly, although some of the films that have that have really done well at the Oscars in recent years, and I'm thinking of like The Irishman a couple of years ago did very well. That was a Netflix original mm-hmm. and that was before the pandemic. So, um, True. And, and there's been one or two other examples of that as well. And, and certainly in, in the Oscars, which I believe are coming up this weekend, there, there are um, a, you know very good representation from both the streaming services in, in mm-hmm. the awards. And, and I think it's not just films that have been released on those streaming services, but films that were actually produced by those streaming services. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is one that's being talked about quite a bit, um, and um, uh, you know is is very worthy of all the adulation it's getting. And, and um, that one, I believe, is a, a Netflix original as well. Anyway, um, yeah. So Stowaway is the first um, yep. one. <laughs> we've, we've probably probably done this the wrong way around because we're not really building up to the next one at all. Because this, by all accounts, the next one has been uh, rubbished by the critics who've seen it so far. But it's uh, called Chick Fight. Is that right? It is indeed. Uh, comes out on Friday the twenty third. When Anna Wincombe is introduced to an underground all-female fight club in order to turn the mess of her life around, she discovers she's much more personally connected to the history of the club than she could ever imagine. Directed by Paul Layden, stars uh, Malin Ackerman, uh, Bella Thorne and Dulcie Sloan. I picked out a couple of reviews of this. Mm. I mean, just for fun. They are, they are comically uh, awful reviews. But there were some that said, you know, don't take it too seriously. It's just a bit of fun. But um, one of these was Chick Fight is so idiotic and unpleasant to watch that viewers will feel like it's an assault on their time, patience and common sense. Um, And Roger Ebert's uh, website said Chick Fight was written and directed by men who don't seem to have had much contact with actual women in their lifetimes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think the very fact that it's called Chick Fight, I suppose... You know, if it could have been tongue in cheek, and maybe it is tongue in cheek, the title, but 
Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, so it originally came out last year in America, um, but but it's it's being released on on um, Amazon Prime, as you said there, on on the the twenty third of April, and and from the looks of things, it's being released around the world on streaming services at all at around about this sort of time. But it was originally um, out in the cinemas in America last year. Interesting as well, but and I don't know if this says something about where we get our film material from, but but it's something I've noticed is sometimes when we get the summary of, of of the film, it leaves out a really big start. And again, this one has because according to All the right. poster, it stars um, Malin Ackerman, Bella Thorne, and Alec Baldwin. Right. Yes, I, th- I suspect he's not got a huge part in it. Um, I remember. Uh, when I read the review, it said it did say he was in it. I must admit. So, so there's I... the three of those um, characters uh, on the poster, and it's just the three of them mm. on the poster. But it does say and Alec Baldwin, which I think some yeah. might mean he's only in it very briefly. But because they think that that might do the film well, they're they're, they're pushing it that he's got more of a part than he really has. Yeah, but certainly he's yeah, listed third on the true. poster, and he's he's, right. he's a, he takes up a third of the poster. Um, okay. But yeah, you know, I guess I don't know whether I should apologise for this anymore or not. But basically, I can now just look at a title of a film and know if I'm going to like it or not. And um, yeah, generally, I think that's true. Yeah, and, and I've already, you know, I'm happy to be proven wrong on these things, but mm. I don't think anyone's going to prove me wrong on Chick Fight. But no. But if that sounds like your thing, then it's on Amazon Prime, and it came out on the 23rd of April. And in a moment, we will look at um, Simon's Choice and my choice of films on Free-to-Air TV for the forthcoming week. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Time now to look at uh, Simon's choices and my choices of films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. I am really pleased with my list this week, and and um, I'm, I'm I'm waiting for you to rubbish the lot because now you're, I think you're going to go out of your way to, to 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 do that. But but I stand by this list. I'm pleased with it. But the first film we're going to talk about is the first one from your list, um, which is a good film, and I'll, I'll give you that. Um, and it's possibly the only one where I might have picked it if you hadn't already got there. Um, but you've chosen 11.35pm uh, on BBC One on Friday the 23rd of April, Philomena. Yes, um, Philomena is, is a, a local lady, um, and this film is a... Uh, it's not fictionalised, it's a sort of dramatised version of uh, her story, uh, which was uh, written up by Martin Sixsmith um, in a, his book, The Lost Child of Philomena Lee. And in the film, uh, Judy Dench plays Philomena and Steve Coogan plays Martin Sixsmith. It's directed by Stephen Frears. It turns, it's funny, um, but ultimately it's, it's an awful story of, of what happened to um, many young women in Ireland who uh, had their 
kids taken away from them because they weren't married when they got pregnant. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a it is, good film. It's a very good film. Yes, and so, I mean, the, the subject matter is awful, but the film is full of hope. And it's it's yeah. it's quite... To say it's upbeat would kind of give the wrong impression because it, it, it doesn't make light of the subject matter at all. But but there is there is warmth and charm and humour in it, particularly in the two performances. You know, Steve Coogan is really good in this, and and so is mm. um, and, and, and so is Judy Dench. And um, what what is interesting as well with the way that this has been done is that it, it says in your notes that it's based on the book, The Lost Child of Philomena Lee. Mm. I don't think it is. Because it's really, it's more about Martin Sixsmith writing that book, isn't it? Because that book it features in in the film. He's actually writing that um, in in the film itself. So it's it's about it's sort of set around that. Um, but but yes, I know what you mean. It's it's a, there's a sort of meta element to it. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Um, I mean, St- Steve Coogan is, is is very good. There's there's a slightly partridge element to it at one point which uh, I think is quite funny um, that must it, that must uh, be hard for him though to to get away from that you know that 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 you know yeah. to, to, there must there must be moments particularly I mean Stephen Frears is a director that he's collaborated with on a number of occasions and there must be times where he sort of says to him you know oh you need to you know partridge that down a little bit you know or mm. or, or have another go and yeah it, it must be difficult and to do that but but he but he he, he really does throw in a, a performance that is worthy alongside judy dench's powerful performance the bit that i'm thinking of is where um it turns out that martin sixsmith has actually met um uh, philomena's son and she's obviously you know terribly excited by this and says to him you know and, and what did you say to him or, or what did he say to you? And and he said, I think it was hello, <laughs> and, and that was it. You know, it was a, it was such a brief meeting, but it was it was very sort of so sort of banal. It was it was incredibly sort of partridge esque. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's what happens, isn't it? You know, like people's last words. You know, the last thing I ever said to them was, you know, don't leave your muddy shoes on the floor. You know, it, it was that sort of level of of banality mm. but um, yeah great, good, very good film yeah yeah. so come on what have you chosen then <laughs> I mean they don't compare but but I, I'm standing by this being a fine film my first choice Friday the 23rd of April 11.25pm over on 5 Star it's the thriller from 1998 Wild Things a high school counsellor is accused of rape by a student whose advances he spurned, and unfortunately for him, one of her peers backs up her story. Thriller starring Neve Campbell, Denise Richards, Matt Dillon, Kevin Bacon, Teresa Russell, Robert Wagner, and Bill Murray. Um, Ooh, you, good cast. You familiar with this but, film? No, I don't think I am. Really? This is this is really good film. So it's a, a really dark um, thriller. It's got quite a dark sense of humour to it, and. It is full of twists and turns. It, it is a little bit like a, a maybe a modern film noir, um, okay. but it's it's a lot more um, explicit as well. I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say, and and yeah, it's you know you, you don't know really who you're rooting for at one point. You don't know who's who who's the good guys and who's not, and 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 you know somebody who who at one point looks like the victim turns out then they may not be, and and it. It, it's just full of twists and turns. It's really, really good. It keeps you guessing, and and yeah, it's got a great cast as well. Um, but but, uh, but yeah, Wild Things 
is is the film and and yeah thoroughly recommend this if you like your sort of you know your tense thrillers with lots of plot twists and 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 it, i think it's one of those things where i'd be very surprised if you watch it and from the beginning you worked out what's going on because i think it really does keep you moving along and 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 changes your view of where you think the film's going at different points okay so all right so that's wild things 11 25 p.m five star on friday the 23rd of april we move to Saturday the 24th of April and you have chosen 11.55pm on ITV, War of the Worlds. Yeah, I, I, I just think this is quite an intriguing film. I say intriguing. No, that's not the right word, really. It, it's mildly interesting. Um, it's it's a Steven Spielberg film. Um, it's an adaptation of the HG Wells, very familiar HG Wells story of these um, space uh, invaders. Um and uh, I think the thing that always interests me about it is the fact that you've got Tom Cruise playing the, the hero in inverted commas and yet he is not the usual Tom Cruise hero in this. No, he's just playing a, a regular sort of working He's Joe, playing a he? regular bloke. He's, he's a blue collar worker. Um, he is a divorced uh, dock worker. He's got two estranged children. And um, yeah, you know, so he's 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 not the usual sort of uh, Tom Cruise hero, and and I think probably that was the bit that made it most interesting. I mean, Spielberg's, you know, he's he, he knows how to make a film, um, so you know, it, it it's good and the, the effects are good as well. But it's a pretty familiar story. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not one of his yeah. better movies, in, in my opinion. But no, but, I don't think it is. But a lesser Spielberg movie is still a good movie. You know, yeah. he he is a master at what he does, and and um, yeah, it's um, it's good. And also, yeah, the the um, I thought that the, the like the effect it wasn't effects heavy. I mean, clearly there was some CGI and effects involved, particularly with the aliens. But but it focused more on the performances. It was more about the drama mm. than about about you know the the sci-fi element of it, which which I think was 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 a nice touch as well. You can imagine with some of Spielberg's earlier work that it, it had gone all out on you know spaceships and aliens and things, whereas it doesn't really. It keeps that very much on the on the low lowdown. But that's um, that's Simon's choice. Saturday, the twenty fourth of April, eleven fifty five pm on ITV. War of the Worlds. Um, a little bit later than that, 12.45am, so technically into the wee small hours of Sunday morning, uh, I've chosen on film four, the scariest film I've ever seen in the cinema, The Descent. And, uh, All right. Classic, classic horror movie, British horror movie as well, although it's filmed in Canada, I believe, but but um, it's a, a British director and um, it's largely British cast in it. Uh, and it's all, a, I mean, ba- the premise as well is just so simple, isn't it? That, that four women go potholing and it all goes a bit wrong. And that, that's mm. basically the story. Um, yeah. And to say much more than that would spoil it somewhat. But uh, mm. but it does say here, um, uh, it's, uh, and in fact, I'm not even going to read all of what it says here because I think this is, I think they give too much away. But it just says, a woman recovering from a personal tragedy joins a group of friends on a caving expedition. However, their adventure takes a horrific turn when they find themselves trapped in an unexplored cavern. And it's a horror movie from the director of, of a, a, a low-budget British horror movie from a few years before called Dog Soldiers that was um, quite critically acclaimed, I think. It, it wasn't a particularly big film, but it was very well done. Um, and it stars uh, Sean, this film stars Sean McDonald, Natalie Mendoza, Alex Reed, and Nora Jane Noon. Um, 
There is a sequel to this, which is quite pale by comparison um, and picks up right at the end of the first movie. Um, and and really, this works better as, as just on its own. You know, you, you, you don't really want to know what happens beyond the movie. You know, let your own imagination work out what you think happens mm. beyond the, the end of the first movie. Uh, but but yeah, the descent from 2005, and I remember watching it in a cinema, and, and there were moments where I actually had my hands over my eyes, which was kind of silly because for so much of the movie you don't see anything because it's so dark you can't really see anything on the screen, and it's the sound that is terrifying. Yeah, and, and so you need somebody else to put their hands over your ears as well. <laughs> yeah, well, and in which case you might as well just stay at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, undoubtedly, watching this in your own living room probably won't have the same impact as watching it in a cinema. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's, I mean, personally, I think anything to do with caving, you know, forget sort of dramatised versions of it, but anything to do with caving is scary. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because um, that's, that's the biggest fear already, is the fact that what if they're trapped? Yeah, what if they can't get it's out It's incredibly claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. let um, alone anything else in the movie. And how they film it, how they film it is... You know, yeah, amazing. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, so yeah, great film. I, the, the the scariest movie I have ever seen in a cinema. That's The Descent, um, which is on twelve forty five a.m. on film for the very early hours of Sunday morning. Mm. So let's move on to Sunday proper. And Simon's choice for Sunday is uh, see, I, I've I've easily beaten you on this day as well. I'm afraid, but but we'll we'll go for your choice well, first. That's your opinion. No, I think it'll be yours as well in a minute. But anyway. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle is Simon's next choice. Channel 4, 6.45pm. Uh, this was uh, an, an unexpected uh, pleasure, I have to say. Well, I can't remember quite how I came to watch this. I think it, was, it might have been when it was on TV last time. Um, I had a feeling it was some sort of, sort of video game thing and it had Dwayne Johnson in it, so I sort of thought I knew what, what to expect. And uh, it's actually very funny. What you've got are these sort of nerdy kids who are transported into their video game and they, they take on the avatars in the game. Um, and, and one of the funniest bits is the fact that the, the girl, who is a sort of a... I think they describe her here as an Instagram princess. She's trans- Her avatar character is Jack Black. And, I mean, that's just sort of funny in itself. So you've got Jack Black sort of mincing around and, and being very camp. And Dwayne Johnson sort of sends himself up as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a good laugh, really. Surprisingly so. Um, I think there's been a sequel since then, which I've not seen. Oh, but is I'd... this not the sequel? No. Okay. No, this is the, uh, this is the remake of the original. The original was with um, Robin Williams, wasn't it? Yes. In 1995. Yeah. This is the um, the, the, the the remake. Right. Yes. So yes, you're right. Um, the sequel to this was Jumanji: The Next Level from 2019. This, this was from 2017. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, are Karen Gillan's in there as well. Doctor Who's Karen Gillan. Yes. Yeah. Um, showing off a midriff quite a lot. Um, looking at the pictures, I can see here. Yeah, I can't remember who the other person is because there's four of them, aren't Kevin there? Kevin Hart. Um, oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like a comedian, only smaller. Yes. Um, which, which I think is one of his jokes. But um, right. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I mean, Dwayne Johnson's good on the. I mean, he's quite a uh, a, a good uh, 
comic performer as well. Um, he does have a degree of range to him, doesn't he? he, he oh, he definitely you know, does. He, yeah, he can do the, the mindless action. He can do the, the 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 comedy. Absolutely. Well, he's a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger in that respect. Um, you know, in the in the sense that he he started in films as a one trick pony sort of thing, um, but actually, you know, could do drama um, and and comedy as well. I mean, I think. Arnie can be really quite funny actually I don't know I think Dwayne Johnson could probably do uh, serious drama perhaps better than Arnie I don't know well Arnie I think has taken a very very long time in his career to show that he's got flexibility in what he can do but, yes. but he I mean well early-ish on he did some comedy he did he did Kindergarten Cop and he did Twins and they were both very um, acclaimed uh, movies for him so he yeah. showed he could be he, he could turn his hand to comedy more and recently he did that film Maggie where um, that was a very That's true. good dramatic that was a drama wasn't yeah. it um, mm. but, but yeah certainly I think I think Dwayne Johnson has proven perhaps earlier into his career that he has a little bit more range and, and, and can do different things there was that film that we saw I said we saw we both talked about was it called Snitch where Dwayne Johnson agrees to go uh, undercover or something to yeah, save his, his son, son going to prison that's it and in that yeah. he wasn't a tough guy and he wasn't an action hero or anything he was just a father and in fact there's one bit where he gets beaten up by by mm. by a couple of blokes in, 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 in another incarnation of his on a movie somewhere he'd have taken both of them and their mates without any trouble but in this he, mm. he wasn't this big strong tough guy in the same way and, and I thought that he showed a lot of um, um, acting chops but uh, but yeah um, you know a very good uh, choice not bad at all that's Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle 6.45pm on Channel 4 fun for all the family there um, my choice uh, which is on Sunday night 10pm uh, and it's a second appearance uh, from the director Stephen Frears and uh, this time uh, one definitely not for all the family 10pm uh, on BBC2 we have Dangerous Liaisons a philandering aristocrat in 18th century France schemes with his manipulative former lover to seduce a virtuous young woman. As their conspiracy becomes ever more tangled, events take an unexpected turn. Stephen Freer's Oscar-winning drama of sexual politics based on uh, Pierre Chaudelos de Laclos's novel. That's exactly how that name said. Uh, it stars John Malkovich, Glenn Close, Michelle Pfeiffer, Susie Kurtz, Uma Thurman and Keanu Reeves. Beat that. Mm. I shall. <laughs> but not this week. No, it's a, it's, it's a great film. I mean, it, it's been made before. I think this is the first time it was made as an English language movie. I think the French version, there was a French version, which I think was called, was it Les Liaisons Dangerous? Dangerous. Yeah. Mm. And then it was made a couple of years later as a modern day adaptation, Cruel Intentions, which was also really good, but very, very different, where they set it in, in um, basically in a New York uh, private school. And um, that was with uh, Ryan Ryan Philippe, who we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and Sarah Michelle Geller from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, amongst others. There was a 2005 version. Uh, I'm just googling oh, it. Right. Um, a gay pornographic film um, called Dangerous Liaisons, right? Which was based on uh, Les Liaisons Dangereuses. Okay. Um, but 
that's an entirely different kettle of fish and that's on your search history now not mine so uh yeah, yeah that's fine um anyway dangerous liaisons a great film looks absolutely sumptuous you know the, the 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 costumes and the set design and everything you know you you know beautifully transported into 18th century uh france uh, and and their sort of aristocracy um it, it really does look great but but it has a very modern feel to it the the, the storytelling the dialogue it it, it doesn't feel I, d- I don't necessarily enjoy those sorts of costume dramas too much but this seems to have a lot of pace to it and and yeah some great performances particularly glenn close and john malkovich um but also um you know keanu reeves was quite good and uma thurman and michelle pfeiffer yeah that they, they they all um are, are people that even on a on 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 when they're not on their finest form they still throw in a good performance quite often and Keanu Reeves. It is it is extraordinary the number of times it's been filmed. Um, I mean, forget the the porno version, <laughs> uh, which it, we're trying to, but you keep coming back to it. Yeah, okay. It's been filmed seven times at the for the cinema, okay. and uh, one, two, three, four, six times uh, made for TV versions as well. Okay. It's, it's clearly a story that has captured filmmakers' attention. I believe the, the modern adaptation, Cruel Intentions, I think there was a sequel to it um, called Cruel Intentions 2. But but I believe that it went straight to DVD yes. and it had none of the original cast in it. Yeah, there is, the sequel was three years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, Roger Vadim even made a film twice about, based on it. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Milos Forman as, as um, directed a version and then there's a couple of uh, there's a Korean version and a Chinese version as well I think very popular I think sometimes though if if, if the source material is, is in the public domain and is quite good I guess it could get made lots and lots of times yeah and, and, and yeah. you know because they don't have to pay anyone for it um, very true but anyway that's um, that's the 19- Romeo and Juliet that's been done quite a few times isn't it? I mean I I'm not being facetious. It's a sim, you know, it's a similar sort of, you know, romantic tragedy drama thing. Mm. Mm. Just notice as well, uh, Peter Capaldi's in this movie. All right, there you go. Um, but yes, it, um, uh, it, you know, came out this what this the version that we're talking about that's on BBC Two this weekend came out in 1988, and it even won three Oscars as well. Um, all right. It's one for uh, best um, adapted screenplay, best art and set direction, and best costume design. But it was nominated for best picture, uh, best actress for Glenn Close, best supporting actress from Michelle Pfeiffer, and best music as well. So it's very. Um, oh, and if, if if one is interested, Michelle Pfeiffer won a BAFTA for it as well. So uh, yeah, very critically acclaimed movie as well. That's Dangerous Liaison. Uh, Sunday the twenty fifth of April, ten pm on BBC Two. Um, we move to Monday the twenty sixth of April, and your next mm. choice, another really good film. It sounds like I'm I'm being condescending, but it's not like you've picked rubbish ones. I just think I've done a little bit. But you've picked The Martian, nine pm on Film Four. Yeah, I'm slightly ashamed at picking this one, really, because I have picked it before. But it is good. Um, Ridley Scott directs uh, Matt Damon in this. Uh, basically, you've got two settings of this film. You've got Matt Damon stuck on Mars uh, because uh, people thought he was dead. And so when there was a storm, they left Mars and came back home. Um, and uh, so he's, he's stuck up there and he's got to sort of uh, grow potatoes in his own poo and things like that. 
and then you've got um, what's going on back on Earth with them trying to work out how they're going to rescue him or indeed if they're going to rescue him because, you know, you may put more people at risk sending uh, others up there to, to get him. So you've got Jessica Shastain who was the the, uh, the the commanding officer of the mission and then back on Earth you've got Jeff Daniels, Kristen Wiig and uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor as well. Um, actually, is this... I haven't got his name here, but is um, our famous uh, Yorkshireman in this as well? Um, I know that that's not really helping you. No. Unless you know what I'm talking about. Um, Sean Bean? Yes. It, Sean Bean. Yes, you see, you, were, you did know I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he's in it as well, but um, yeah. Yes, he is in it, as is Michael Pena. Right. Yeah, I mean, Sean Bean, it was a bit like... Um, Stephen Marchant in that um, Marvel film uh, it's sort of slightly out of place okay you know what, what's this sort of Yorkshireman with a Sheffield United tattoo on his shoulder doing it at NASA but there you go <laughs> okay well that's um, that's the Martian um, now interestingly mm. I, I had read something about the Martian when I was looking at the film we talked about earlier Stowaway from the first part mm. because apparently Stowaway w- was was linked to a previous film that the same director made Arctic which I mentioned briefly but Arctic mm. was originally set on Mars that movie and they had to change it because they realised how similar it was to the Martian so they decided oh, to right. rewrite okay. it and rather than setting it on Mars they set it in the Arctic instead but beyond that, apparently, okay. that they and it was going to be that mm. it was connected to the film Stowaway. Stowaway was going to be a sequel to mm. that film. But, okay. but when they changed it all, the guy who wrote both of them and directed both of them decided to separate mm. them. Um, mm. But uh, it is based on real science, apparently. The Martian, the bloke who wrote it originally, um, yeah. is a, a sort of a popular scientist. Space Doctor Sam from the main podcast. She um, she she's very um, critical of sci-fi films that don't really have much science in them. And she's been very, um, very quick to praise the science in this movie, saying it's quite accurate. Because they're known as five films, those that, that don't have much science in them. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, she, she being a, being a sort of an astrophysicist, I think, or something like that. Um, you know, she she feels that she thinks she's qualified to talk about this stuff. But there you go. Anyway, The Martian, 9 p.m. Film Four, Monday the 26th of April. My next choice, Monday the 26th of April, also 9pm, but over on ITV4, Bullet. A tough police detective is assigned to protect a mob witness for 48 hours, only for hitmen to find their hiding place and try to silence the informant. The rebellious cop realises something does not add up and goes in search of both the killers and whoever told them where to locate their target. But an ambitious politician wants him off the case. Thriller starring Steve McQueen, Jacqueline Bissett, Robert Vaughan, and Robert Duvall, and and you know th- this is like sort of like the template for so many cop movies. I think that followed it. You know, th- th- there's so many iconic things that that were done in this movie that perhaps weren't really done in quite the same way before. I think it's a real um, absolute classic. Do do you have? Do, would you've been of an age where you might have watched this when it first came out? No, no, I didn't watch it when it first came out. I mean, I obviously I I, I know of it. Uh, I've seen it, um, and it, yeah, and it is good. Um, I think one of the things about it is the the famous bit in the 
in the car in, um, going up and down the, the streets of San Francisco if it's not it ought to be <laughs> I can't quite remember now um, but I do know that the yeah that the, the the famous car chase which, which has been um, copied many different times um, but um, but you know very sort of great very long car chase as well but but one of one of the great things about it is that it was yes it was um, San Francisco you're right um, one of the great things about it was that there was no music to the car chase at all it was the only sound you had was the noise of like the engines and the traffic and gears changing and things like that um, it, you know whereas most movies would rely on, on on very tense dramatic music to make a car chase seem exciting but but they they didn't do any of that um, not not at that part of the film anyway. And also, I thought it a very good um, performance from Robert Vaughan as the as as this um, politician, you know, quite quite this sort of sleazy character who who was who who wasn't really he wasn't really good, but he wasn't really bad, but he was he was a bit murky and he was somewhere in between, and, and he he didn't want Steve McQueen's character, you know, on the case, and and yeah, it, it, you know, quite a sort of a sinister role for him. And up until that point, I think he was really only known for The Man From U.N.C.L.E., so he was known as playing a, a good guy. And, and, and I think probably from this point onwards, I think whenever we saw Robert Vaughan in films after this, he was always the bad guy. This quite possibly was, the, was his turning point. But, uh, but yeah, classic film, directed by Peter Yates. And, um, yeah, very cool um, car that featured heavily in it um, and Steve McQueen wearing a roll neck and just looking all like mean and moody um, but uh, yeah um, great film he's one of the highest earning dead celebrities apparently well, Steve McQueen yeah okay he's because he's still thought to be incredibly cool he um, he, he earns a huge amount of money for his estate uh, because they, they've controlled his image rights because they used him in, in a an advert didn't they for a oh, Ford some Puma some years ago yeah they managed to back in the early days yeah. of this sort of thing they managed to very cleverly insert him into the car yeah. didn't they yeah um, yeah and there's that very I mean the poster is so iconic with him like with, yeah. with, with a roll neck jumper and his gun over his shoulder and leaning against the door frame and yeah it's um, you know it sort of epitomised call back then didn't realise that the director though Peter Yates was English yeah um, didn't know that but apparently he started out as a professional racing car driver um, before turning to film, which possibly... What, McQueen? No, Peter Yates. Oh, I see. Possibly oh, why right. maybe he, he spent so much of the right. film at filming right. car chases, you know. Because and... McQueen, McQueen was very uh, interested in motor vehicles. He had loads of motorbikes and cars and all sorts. I think sorts. he owned a, a motor racing team at one point, and he certainly did a film, did he? About, didn't he? He did... Um, Le Mans. Le Mans. Um, yeah, I think he did Le Mans. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah it was something that he was quite into but uh, anyway Bullet um, classic classic uh, police movie from 1968 that's uh, my choice for Monday 9pm on ITV4 it's moved to Tuesday the 27th of April 7.05pm over on Sony Movies Classic Simon's chosen Born Free mm. go on I'm waiting for your joke what <laughs> don't make her look up on the one yeah, you know the sequel to Born Two and Born One. Um, it's not my favourite Born film. Is that the one you meant? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Born okay. Identity, Born on the Fourth of July. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. You just need you know a bit of a start to get you going. Yeah. Um, yes, set in uh, 
filmed in Africa, uh, where the film is set. Uh, scored by John Barry. Uh, it stars uh, Virginia McKenna and Bill Travers as Joy Adamson and her uh, husband. Uh, she wrote this book about her experiences with animal rescue and it is about this lioness very cute lioness Elsa uh, who uh, is sort of central to the thing I mean it's it's just you know it's just a, a lovely sort of animal film if you like animal films they they, they also did Ring of Bright Water uh, as well which was about otters I think okay there was a sequel um, as well, wasn't there? A few years later, there was Living Free. Right. Um, I thought you were going to say Born 4. <laughs> no. Oh, li- living Free. The living yeah. Free. There was a sequel okay. about um, Elsa's three mischievous cubs. Okay. Um, and I mean, I realise it's not everybody's cup of tea. You know? Yeah, but this I is mean, a classic a like... sort of family film, isn't it? Of, of, Absolutely. From days gone Absolutely. by. I mean, whether or not it would appeal to a family today, I mean, it... You know what? What passed for for children's entertainment in movies back in the day um, possibly wouldn't cut the mustard with today's kids. You know, often because these things are just quite slow and plodding in comparison. Um, but but yeah, it's it's um, great great song as well, wasn't it? From the was it Matt Monroe? Yeah, sung the, the thing. Well, I was I was just looking it up actually while we're speaking. I wanted to say Matt Monroe. Um, I believe it was. Yeah. Because I believe oh, it Matt was. Monroe's version never charted. Okay. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that sort of thing happens sometimes. Someone else might have sung it and they released it as a single, but but people would know Matt Monroe's version as the, the, the famous one. Um, How weird. Yeah. I know one of the people who had a big hit with it. The would... song's composers, John Barry and Don Black, asked British singer Matt Monroe, who was managed by Don Black at the time, to record the song for the film's soundtrack. The producer of the film considered the song uncommercial, however, and deleted it from the print shown at its Royal Command premiere in London. When Monroe attended the event and made Black aware of the edit, they especially lobbied the producers to restore it. Monroe's interpretation appeared over the closing credits in a shortened version recorded especially for the film, which enabled it to qualify for the Academy Award. So it was nominated but didn't win the Academy Award that year. Yeah. Um, okay. And it, 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 it was his feature it, sing, signature tune, it says. Yeah. It did get into the charts, though, um, in the 90s. Do you know who had a hit with it? Uh, Vic it Reeves? Yeah, there you go. It's not quite the same, is it, when you're reading it? But yeah, yeah, Vic Reeves had a hit with it in the early It was. 90s. It happened to be right in front of me at the time. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but yeah, um, and it was, uh, I believe it was um, uh, the, the guy, uh, Matt Monroe's second um, collaboration with John Barry, because he, he also sung from Russia with Love. Um, which which also didn't get any sort of nomination or anything, but, but yeah, Born Free won. He's been largely forgotten, hasn't he, Matt Ronrow? Um, but he was uh, he, had a, he had a lovely voice. Yeah. Um, I suppose he died quite young. Did he? I, I, he, was only fi- he was in his fifty, only in his mid early to mid fifties when he died, and um, you know it's in the eighties and that sort of singing. Easy listening, I suppose, wasn't very popular. Yeah. Um, just to update what you said earlier, though, it did win the Oscar for best song. Oh, did yeah. it? And it won. Be- oh, okay. John Barry won for best music, and the song also won for best original song. Um, although Matt Monroe wouldn't be the Oscar winner because he, unless he, no, it'll it. be the songwriter, yeah, so isn't it? John yeah. Barry and Don Black won an Oscar for it. Because 
One of the, the, the strange things I always thought with John Barry's career, because John Barry is one of the most prolific um, movie score um, uh, composers you know, of the 20th century. And he did most of the Bond films right up until he sort of retired from doing movies in the late 80s. And he got nominated or even won Oscars every movie he did that wasn't a Bond film. But whenever he did a Bond film, it never got nominated. And not only that, but whenever somebody else did a Bond film music, they got nominated. But he didn't. That, That's hard. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, yeah. He 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 was, and and you know, it it has often been said that that the Bond films in particular were always quite overlooked when it came to the Oscars, and probably just because of how commercially successful they were. Um, and the Academy doesn't necessarily reward films that are, you know, such box office uh, sensations. But they finally won an Oscar with Adele. That was the first Bond theme that won an Oscar, I believe. Um, anyway, uh, Born Free, uh, 7.05pm on Sony Movies Classic. Um, and uh, yeah, that's Tuesday the 27th of April. Now, if any of my films this week are going to be challenged by you for, for their classic credentials, it's going to be this one. Um, uh, my choice for Tuesday, 10pm on Five Star, is the 1989 classic Patrick Swayze film Roadhouse. A philosophy-reading kung fu expert gains a reputation as the best bouncer around and is hired by the owner of a rowdy Missouri bar to keep the peace. When he fires some of the establishment's corrupt staff, he incurs the wrath of a local crime boss who has a stranglehold on the town's businesses. Action thriller starring Patrick Swayze, Ben Gazzara, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott and blues singer Jeff Healy. And um, I... I appreciate that this is not a universal classic by any stretch of the imagination, but um, but surely not. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I do think that this is um, a, a wonderful movie, and it's just it's it's um it's kind of silly. It, it's it felt like a slightly more adult episode of the eighteen in a way. Because you know, right. somebody comes in and there's corruption in the local town, and then and then they clean up the corruption and sort it all out. And by the end, it's all good. And the, you know, the bad guys have had their comeuppance. And and it was it was not dissimilar to that, but but the the it was not anywhere near as sanitised as something like the A Team. And also, it wasn't wasn't four blokes in a van. It was uh, just Patrick Swayze on his own. But but he's incredibly good in the action scenes. And I saw him in an interview, and he was saying it was because of all of his dancing training that he was able to basically he learned all the choreography in the way that you'd learn dancing and and was was um, very good in 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 the the many fight scenes that this movie had it was this this is basically like a two-hour fight with a little bit of dialogue in between there's just so many barroom brawls and proper sort of right. old school american barroom brawls that you, you get in the movies mm. um and it's just loads of those um furniture being broken yeah and yeah over people's heads yeah and all that through through glass yeah. and yeah. all of that stuff so many barroom okay. brawls all the way through this movie uh, it's pure escapism and it's great fun um, the best part in it though is Sam Elliott who is brilliant as this this older mentor he's like the Ben Kenobi of the the, the, the barroom um, bouncing world and, and he plays the yeah the older mentor to Patrick Swayze's character um, and, and he's just great um, so good in this movie but it is, it, as long as you don't think about it too hard and just sit back and enjoy it, it's it's a wonderful film. I happen to know it's Matt Adams from the Hearts Advertiser's favourite movie of all time. Um, 
Yeah, you see, I had quite res- a lot of respect for him until that point. But... No, you didn't. <laughs> anyway, Roadhouse uh, is, is the film. 10pm on Five Star, Tuesday the 27th of April. A great, fun movie. So we move to Wednesday, the 28th of April, and uh, Simon has chosen uh, on uh, 12.55 a.m., so so kind of into Thursday morning a little bit, uh, but he's chosen on Channel 4, Enough Said. James Gandolfini is one of my favourite actors, and uh, this was one of the last films before he died. Um, very much too young. There was another one of his films on, I think, the very last film, actually, on this week as well but I I didn't know the other film and I do like this one so I chose this he plays um, Albert who meets a divorced masseuse uh, Eva played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus and I mean basically it's a it's a love story about them getting together uh, two people not in the first flush of youth and it's witty it's charming and it's it's heartwarming um and it's yeah so it's a lovely lovely film and if this if this had been his last film it would have been a a a lovely way to go okay well that's um you know do you know this one um i i i I remember a poster is it on the poster they sort of sat on a a curb or something and he sat beside i think they sat sat on a front sat on a front step yes okay um yeah, that 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 rings a bell. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen it. I do, I do think James Gandolfini's quite good. Although um, I don't know, I, I don't know if I'm as big a fan of his as you clearly are. Then, but I did see him in a movie the other day. Actually, though, um, he was in a Denzel Washington film where they were cop- they were all cops, and but Denzel Washington was hunting a, a demonic spirit that was making people kill people and was jumping from body to body. It was a little bit silly. Oh, yeah. but Yeah, I know that. Yeah, film. I think it was called Fallen, mm. I think. If I'm, and John Goodman was in it as well. John Goodman played um, Denzel Washington's partner and James Gandolfini was another cop in the squad. Um, and uh, it, it stood out for me because I'm quite a fan of the the, the, the cop series, NYPD Blue, and they filmed it on their set. So all the all the squad room scenes, it's the same set that mm. um, from NYPD Blue, and you look at it and you think that's Sipowitz's desk, you know, you sort of recognise bits of it. But mm. but anyway, yeah, James Gandolfini was. Um, there's a few other films that he cropped up in where he had sort of relatively small parts because I guess it wasn't until the the Sopranos that he became particularly well known. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think without the Sopranos, it'd have been very much a you know a jobbing actor. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, that's enough said. Uh, Twelve fifty-five a.m. on Channel Four. Um, the wee small hours of Thursday morning. My choice on um, Wednesday, which again is technically on Thursday morning, because it's just after midnight, ten past twelve a.m. on London Live. And um, I, I'm guessing you may not have heard of this film, Simon, but but this is a well worth looking out for. It's called The Loft. And five successful married men rent an apartment where they can carry out their extramarital affairs in secret. The arrangement works well until they find the corpse of a beautiful woman handcuffed to a bed. But which of them is the killer and how will the grisly discovery affect their friendship? And uh, it's got in it um, Carl Urban, James Marsden, Wentworth Miller, who was one of the guys from Prison Break. 
if you ever watched that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And also Eric Stone Street, who plays Cam on Modern Family in, an, in, an, in a okay. very different role. Because in this, he's a very, very heterosexual male, very alpha male type in this, as opposed to the the very flamboyant um, gay character he, 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 he mm. he's plays. And it's weird, because I forgot he was in it, and I saw a picture of, of, of the cast, and then I thought, oh, yeah, he was one of the guys who rented a flat. And, you know, he's, he's quite... I mean, already you don't really like these guys, because they're very... They're all very wealthy guys who decided that they can split the cost of a flat five ways and they can all share it to to have affairs. And and so, you know, you straight away, you don't really like any of them. And then you can't work out which one of them has killed this woman, but one of them must have done it because only the five of them have access to this this flat. And Sounds like a grisly version of It's My House. <laughs> that thing with Stacey Dooley. Okay. <laughs> But, but it's really good. It's a good thriller. Um, and, and you really do... I mean, well, certainly I didn't work out who it was until the end. But, but, um, but yeah, you, you know, you, you, it's, it's a good thriller. Good, good lead performing from Carl Urban, um, uh, but, but great supporting cast. I think uh, Matthias Schoenartz, I think, is in it as well. Um, I think he was the, the, uh, he was the fifth person in it. But, uh, but yeah, if you like um, sort of tense thrillers and you know something of a whodunit about this movie as well then then look out for it. it's called the loft and that's 12 uh, 10 a.m on london live uh, and the wee small hours of thursday the 29th of april so um we move on to thursday the 29th of april properly and simon's final choice of the week uh, 8 p.m on itv4 the spy who loved me yeah one of my favorite bond films i think possibly not one of my favorite bond films of the sort of the earlier ones this is my favorite one um i think the the balance of action and um humor was was spot on with this i think roger moore was probably always my favorite bond anyway uh and i think his partnership with barbara bach in this was good this was richard richard keel's first outing as jaws and I think this is the one where he, where Roger Moore um, skis down the mountain and then yeah. jumps off and he's got a, a hang gliding parachute thingy on him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a parachute um, on his back. With, with a parachute jack, or something, um, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, classic. And uh, yeah, lots of great things in this. The, the Lotus Esprit that goes underwater and uh, that, that lovely bit where it comes out of the water and he uh, winds down the window and throws a fish out and you know I mean just yeah great yeah I mean th- this this was described as, as an epic Bond film and and, um, and w- the time it came out as well there hadn't been a Bond film for a while it, in fact it looked like the Bond series might be over that they hit legal battles because Saltzman and Broccoli the two guys who produced all the earlier ones had fallen out to the point that they just couldn't work with each other anymore and the previous two Bond films Broccoli did one of them and Saltzman did the other and they basically they they came up with a, 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 a dissolving of their partnership and Cubby Broccoli eventually was able to buy him out and, and this was his first film on his own but it was three years since the previous one um, and, and, and back then they used to do a Bond film a year so, so it's been quite a gap um, between uh, between the last one and and this one and and the previous one as well was the man with the golden gun which which 
you know, in, in Bond film terms, it was quite low budget in comparison. It, it didn't quite have the same spectacle as some of the other Bond movies. Whereas this one, they just went all out, and and every moment of it was 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 wonderful. You know that, yeah, the the, the scene you're talking about when he skis off the edge of the mountain, that was right at the beginning. You know that that was you know, and, and apparently I saw a retrospective documentary, and the stuntman who performed that that sequence, he said that he would he would drive his wife wild by by one, whenever they drove near a cinema that was showing the spy who loved me. He said, oh, can we just stop for a minute? I just want to go in, and he would often like just just for that bit he just wanted to, and he said so many times the audience would just applaud at that point you know the, the audacity of it that he skis off the mountainside you think well how's he going to get out of this and then he of course he's wearing a parachute and not only has he got a parachute but he's got the union jack on it and and you know the, the, it just had so many of those those things that, you know wonderful um you know wonderful henchman in, in Jaws um, who was so good they brought him back uh Huge, I believe at the time it was the world's largest soundstage that was um, built to accommodate the inside of the ship at the end, which which had to contain three submarines, and and it was it was there wasn't a sound a soundstage on Earth big enough, so they had to build one to accommodate it, and and the music as well, um, you know, in particular the, the Carly Simon uh, song, which which never won an Oscar, and and I think it was nominated, and it, I think that was somewhat um, a surprise that, that that song didn't win. But yeah, wonderful movie. And, and yeah, great film. And um, Roger Moore always said uh, it was his own personal favourite. Um, yeah. Some people said that his best performance as Bond was in Fewer Eyes Only, but the, the best Bond film that he was in was probably yeah. this one. The, you know that bit in uh, in the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympics that that reminded me hugely of um, the skiing off the mountain bit. Uh, I don't know. There was something about the Union Jack on the on the. Uh, uh, the parachute etc yeah. um uh, and that was yeah it was it was it, it was a, there was a link for me with that yeah. um no i mean it was yeah, just it was terrific just epic, stuff you know in, in every in every sense the, the scale of it and, and 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 i think that the the thing that the bond producers did that was better was that they they topped this movie in terms of sort of box office success because I know you like your numbers sometimes and, and I believe that the amount of money that The, the Spy Who Loved Me was the 10th Bond film and coincidentally it was the 10th Bond book as well although they didn't, they didn't make them in order but um, mm. it made more money than the first nine films combined it was such a big box office hit but it was eclipsed by Moonraker the one that came afterwards which made even more money than The Spy Who Loved Me which was nowhere near as nowhere good. Nowhere near as good, but was huge and was, for, for, when you adjust it for inflation, I believe Moonraker was one of the biggest Bond films that they've ever made. Mm. Um, but, but yeah. And that was, that was really back on the back of The Spy Who Loved Me, of course. If it weren't for The Spy Who Loved Me and the, the, the success and the mm. spectacle of that, they, they wouldn't have been able to, to do it. But also the next film was going to be Fewer Eyes Only, but because of the success then of space movies in the late 70s, they decided to change the one they did next. And in fact, at the, in the end credits of The Spy Who Loved Me, it says James Bond will return in Fiora's Eyes Only. Because um, mm-hmm. back then, they used to say what the name of the next Bond film yeah, was yeah, at yeah. the end of the last one. But, uh, but anyway, Spy Who Loved Me, 8pm, um, ITV4, uh, Thursday the 29th of April. So we move to my final choice of the week. And um, it, this, this is one, again, you may not know this movie, but this is an excellent film a really good psychological thriller uh, and it's called uh, Pacific Heights from 1990 
A couple buy their dream house and rent out a flat to a well-off bachelor who turns out to be the tenant from hell. He subjects them to a campaign of terror in a ploy to force them off the property, while the law appears to be always on his side. Psychological thriller starring Michael Keaton, Melanie Griffith, Matthew Modine and Tippi Hedren. And, and I believe is it Tippi Hedren is the real-life daughter, real-life mother of Melanie Griffith, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Michael Keaton, who up until this point was Beetlejuice and Batman and, and the guy on, I think he was on Saturday Night Live and he did he did sort of comedy stuff. And in this, mm. he is terrifying. And Yes, I, I have seen this actually. And I remember Michael Keaton being um, extremely sinister. Uh, well, there is something slightly crazy about him, isn't there? He does have a look in his eye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But now, now in a way that the this ground was was not exactly like untrodden in movie terms because this wasn't dissimilar from uh, elements of fatal attraction and and there were other sorts of things with like you know sort of crazy flatmates and stuff i think you had i can't remember if it was before or afterwards but there were things like the hand that rocked the cradle and single white female and those sorts of movies so so around this time there seemed to be a few movies like this and in and in each one, you've got somebody who initially doesn't appear to be that crazy, who ends up by the end of the thing to be completely off their rocker. Um, and 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 yet, yeah, and, and and one of the most terrifying things of, of Michael Keaton in this was just how normal he kept appearing to be. You know, he's just this this charming um, guy who who was yeah was just bonkers by the end of it. Mm. But yeah, really, really gripping psychological thriller from 1990. That's Pacific Heights on the Horror Channel, Thursday the 29th of April, 9pm. And that concludes the film guide for another week. So, Simon, which of those is your film of the week? It's tricky. Um, I think I'm going to go for, because it was an unexpected pleasure, uh, Jumanji. Okay. See, now... I, normally it's not difficult for me to choose a film of the week because normally there's only one or two of mine that are really any good but it's difficult because all of them are good um, now I know how you feel most weeks uh, so so I think I the listeners are waiting oh yeah I'll cut this bit out hang on I'm going to go with The Loft because I think The Loft would be the one movie of all of those that, that people are least likely to know about um, but all of our choices, you can find them in the description of this episode right now and also on our website, Um So, yeah, I, I've gone with The Loft and you've gone with Jumanji. Those are our films of the week. Simon, tell us about Sunday because you have the Dagenham Street Baptist Church virtual service coming out again. Indeed, yes. Um, we're moving a little bit away from Easter now and so we're looking at uh, the, the Jesus as the Good Shepherd um, it's funny when I was I was googling to try and find some nice images to go with our service sheet, and of course, The Good Shepherd was a film, wasn't it? With um, oh, uh, uh, Matt Damon, Matt Damon amongst others, directed by Robert De Niro. And, wasn't uh, it? So, yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of the images that initially came up were to do with that. Little spies but, in, um, in, in fedoras. Yeah. Yes, but I, I managed to find some that weren't that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's what we got this week. Okay. Uh, and you can find that where you find this as well. Um, just just look on your podcast platform of choice and it's there. Uh, also, uh, all the subscription details for all of our shows can be found on our website, stalwinspodcast.com. But uh, in the meantime, Simon, thank you very much. And um, we'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.